Polynesian Paralysis Podcast, Episode 23. Welcome back to the Polynesian Paralysis Podcast. I'm Jim Gaston, your host. In the last episode of the Polynesian Paralysis Podcast, we looked at the spring 1981 issue of LaSalle Magazine, where a group of LaSalle alum visited Hawaii and felt the aloha spirit of the Hawaiian people enjoyed the relaxed lifestyle of the islands, and experienced Polynesian paralysis. In today's episode, we review the book, Malice in Blunderland, written by Alan Fotheringham in 1982. Now, you might be surprised that there are several books, articles, and even a cartoon with the same title, Malice in Blunderland. In 1965, Chandler W. Sterling published a book titled Little Malice in Blunderland. In 1973, Thomas Lyle Martin published a book titled Malice in Blunderland. In 2011, Johnny Gibbings published a book titled Malice in Blunderland. And in 2020, Pat Silver Lasky published a digital online book titled Malice in Blunderland. There was also a 1965 children's cartoon by Bob Clampett starring Benny, a small boy, and Cecil, the friendly dragon, titled Malice in Blunderland. The Opera House Project website has an article posted online titled Chapter 19, 1966, Malice in Blunderland. The Colbert Report in January 2012 was titled Malice in Blunderland, and it mentioned the halloween theme party at the White House in 2009. In 2014, James Walcott wrote an article that appeared in Vanity Fair magazine titled Malice in Blunderland. And in 2020, financial consultant Alan Steele wrote an online article, Malice in Blunderland, a grim fairy tale. So it appears that Malice in Blunderland is a very popular title. The book we're going to discuss today is Malice in Blunderland or How the Grits Stole Christmas, written by Alan Fotheringham, published in 1982. The term grit is a popular reference to a member of the Liberal Party of Canada. The nickname derives from grit or fine sand or small gravel, which is often valued for its abrasive quality. This should not be confused with the delicious Southern American breakfast grits, which is made from corn. Corn grits can be eaten for lunch or dinner with shrimp in the South. Born in 1932 as Murray Allen Scott in a small town in Saskatchewan, Canada, his name was changed to Fotheringham after his father died and his mother remarried when he was two years old. Allen wrote a column for the school's paper and studied English and political science at the University of British Columbia. He would later describe his small hometown as So small, we couldn't afford a village idiot. Everyone had to take turns. During his career as a journalist, he would be called Dr. Foth, or the Great Gathering Froth. He received several awards and honors for his writings, including the 1964 Southern Fellowship in Journalism, the 1980 National Magazine Award for Humor, and the 1980 National Newspaper Award for Column Writing. In 1999, he was inducted into the Canadian News Hall of Fame 
and in 2002, he received the Bruce Hutchinson Lifetime Achievement Award. He wrote a column about Canadian politics for Maclean's magazine for 27 years, starting in 1975. Allen was a regular panelist for 10 years on the Canadian TV program Front Page Challenge, a game show where notable journalists attempt to guess the news story which a hidden guest challenger was linked by asking him or her questions. Dr. Foth also wrote columns for the Toronto Sun and the Globe and Mail newspapers, and he had a popular national syndicated column in 20 different newspapers. Dr. Foth is credited with coining several well-known terms in British Columbian political history. These include Lotus Land for British Columbia and particularly Victoria, the Granite Curtain for the Rocky Mountains, the Natural Governing Party for the Federal Liberals, the Holy Mother Corporation for the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation or the CBC, Jurassic Clark for the Canadian Prime Minister Joe Clark, who served from 1979 to 1980, Coma City for the city of Ottawa, the capital of Canada, the Narcissus of the West Coast to describe the city of Vancouver in British Columbia. In his book, Malice in Blunderland, which we review today, he included one of his most famous quotes about politics in Canada. On page 163, he states, In the Maritimes, politics is a disease. In Quebec, a religion. In Ontario, a business. On the prairies, a protest. And in British Columbia, an entertainment. The Toronto Star newspaper describes the book Malice in Blunderland as follows. 224 pages of political commentary, anarchist wit, and some of the most intelligent assessments of this country. The Globe and Mail newspaper states, He has transformed bile and vitriol into an art form. Fotheringham has no equal. He is one of the best prescriptions the Old Dominion ever had to prevent hardening of the arteries. P.J. Kemp, a journalist from Quebec, wrote this about Malice in Blunderland. Let me read you some of the book review. The main theme of this collection of short essays, articles, and diatribes is grit bashing, a pastime so ambiguous and socially acceptable these days as to hardly raise an eyebrow, even among diehard liberals. What emerges is not actually Dr. Foth exercising and examining the diseased portions of our country's political body, but rather court gesture froth, tweaking noses, pulling beards, and setting hot foots to our eminent leaders, always with the keen knowledge that it's the very volubles of this lot that guarantee the security and growth of his own career. Some live off the fat of the land, others live off the fatheads. Fotheringham waxes gossiply on political aspects of all ten providences, revealing to a reader the cocktail circuit chatter that only confirms our worst suspicions. We're governed by a bunch of dolts, naked emperors all. Both Ottawa and, to some extent, Vancouver come in for their fair share of vitriol. 
Foth is frequently entertaining in his nastiness. The Canadian flag goes up and down on the Peace Tower like a toilet seat as senators die off. His discussions of British Columbia politics is particularly hilarious. Fotheringham's harpishly attacks can be quite refreshing after the dour and heavily serious treatment of other political critics offer. It's indeed a peculiar country that votes in the same gomless political party every election just to see Fotheringham continue hoisting it on its own petards. A petard is a small bomb used for blowing up gates and walls when breaching fortifications, originally invented in France in the 1500s. But to be hoisted on one's own petard means to be caught in one's own trap. So how does Dr. Foth use the term Polynesian paralysis? Throughout the book, he writes a few sentence fragments as an introduction to each chapter. On page 162, he writes, Valium West has a quality all its own. Victoria, God's waiting room. Voters winged on cooks. Wacky Bennett or Orson Welles lurching out of a space bubble. Minowak's menagerie. The grits of the last remnant of the class system. Polynesian paralysis. The following chapter describes politics in British Columbia or British California, as Dr. Foth suggests. He writes, To understand B.C. politics, millions of Canadians would rather not try, one must understand that the province was run for 20 years by a man named Wacky Bennett, while Vancouver was administered by Mayor Tom Terrific Campbell. To be a politician in B.C., one must tap dance, juggle, and, if necessary, drop one's pants. This is a large part because Victoria, God's waiting room, is the only capital in the country that is physically detached from the vast majority of the people it governs. Ottawa is detached mentally. On page 172, he writes, There are varying theories, of course, as to why the inhabitants of the Narcissus of the Pacific are so different from the rest of the dull Canadians. There is a belief that Polynesian paralysis, the manana disease, comes with the Pacific currents and induces executives into hot tubs when they should be knee-deep into accounts. The real difference has come to me is that the people in British Columbia don't wear hats. Near the end of this chapter, he writes, The results of all this haplessness is that the inhabitants are different from the rest of Canadians. The breezes blowing over their naked scalp stimulate both the left and the right portions of the brain, making it all loosey-goosey and amenable to exotic strains, such as social credit, and forbidden fruit, such as tennis in December, denied to their earmuffed cousins. Dr. Foth seems to think that the relaxed lifestyle and more temperate climate in Vancouver might cause some people to experience Polynesian paralysis. It's important to know that Dr. Foth is not a medical doctor, nor is Polynesian paralysis a disease or medical condition. Polynesian paralysis usually occurs to visitors in Hawaii, but apparently, according to Dr. Foth, can also occur in Canada. Polynesian paralysis can help you relax and enjoy life. 
Polynesian paralysis usually occurs in tropical locations where the sun and sand are warm and the clear ocean waves break gently upon the shore. Taking time each day to be still and appreciate nature can give you a new perspective on life. For more information about Polynesian paralysis, please visit our website at rxaloha.com. In the next episode of the Polynesian Paralysis Podcast, we review the book Hawaii Recalls, Selling Romance to America by David T. Brown, also known as DeSoto Brown. It was published in 1982. Until then, please take a few minutes each day to be still, relax, appreciate nature, and enjoy life. Enjoy Polynesian Paralysis the sensible approach to mindfulness.